Guys, welcome back to Going Deep with Brett English. We've got Dan in the house, we're chatting about mental health, and um, we're gonna go deep into it. Yeah, brilliant, guys. Nice to be here. Fuck yeah, bro. I appreciate you coming down, man. It's, it's always awesome to share stories. No, I really enjoy it, man. It's one of my passions, you know, talking yeah. about like, mental health and stuff, and also, you know, helping Beautiful. people as well. Like, I really love that, you know, because if I can, you know, cut some of their mm. suffering, um, you know, I, that, that that's really, makes me feel really good, you know, inside. It's like, yeah. it just sort of feels like all the suffering I went through isn't, you know, just for nothing sort of thing, you exactly. know. Exactly, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that, man. Hey, um, because I've, I've been battling mental health with bits of anxiety, bits of depression coming up at certain times. Yeah, man. It can be triggered by certain people, certain events, social circumstances. And yeah. sometimes it just gets you by surprise. Like, why do I feel like shit? Yeah, exactly. It's just and like, yeah. it just sneaks up on you, doesn't it, at the worst, the worst of times? <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. Can, can you share um, when this first started getting pretty serious for you? And oh. what were some of the symptoms or things that just sort of went down at the time? Yeah, man, like, so for me, um, I probably, <laughs> what caused it for me, I, was, I dated a crazy girl when I was 18, you know, she was um, borderline schizophrenic or something. Okay. And this, yeah. like, this whole ordeal for six months, like, basically caused it for me, and, wow. you know, just dealing with her mental health problems, like, just really triggered anxiety in me, you know, and mm. uh, my family were in the UK, and I was on my own. Um, I yeah. was 18, you know, and I was living yeah. in a house, uh, with her and it, and yeah, just it just just feeling the feeling of trappedness, you know, and just wow. everything it, like yeah caused anxiety for me, mm. um, yeah, and and, it, and I suppose it just snowballed from that one traumatic event for me. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah and then um, it, it goes up and down depending on what's going on in my life, you know, and I, I do have some coping strategies that I try and use, um, yeah. but sometimes it, it can overwhelm me. But like it's mm. just I think it's just knowing the demon that you face, you know, and then when you know what it is, it's it's just a lot easier to. Um, you know, to conquer sort of thing. True, yeah. So, so up, up until that point, um, with that girlfriend of yours, you wasn't that bad or you didn't have any experience no. that just sort of hit you all at once? No, it's just like, um, before that I was quite happy, you know, and um, I was quite laid back. Mm. I did experience anxiety, you know, before, like people pleasing and stuff and, yeah. you know, trying to make people laugh all the time. I was like the class clown, but yeah. that was a sort of like, um, you know, mm. extent of my anxiety was like social anxiety and, yeah. and not too much. Um, social anxiety is a killer, but like, yeah, yeah. but that was like some bigger anxiety that I experienced after that sort of thing. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Did you feel like you're sort of walking on eggshells? Oh man, third, like you couldn't say or express or do. Or like yeah. PTSD is coming in. As yeah, like yeah, yeah, like P proper PTSD, man. Like um, yeah. just crazy stuff, man. I had to like one time I had to wrestle a knife out of her hands because she was um, oh, wow. gonna stab herself and stuff, and I was going, oh my god, this is just crazy, you know. Wow, wow, uh, wow. So she was like hearing voices in her head at, at certain stages. Oh man, she woke up at three in the morning, and then, like one time I just saw the outline of her, and I said, you know what's wrong? And she mm. said in a different voice, "You're a stupid boy, and I'm gonna hurt her." And this is in the pitch black, and I'm going, "What the hell, man?" Oh wow, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's that's scary. That's yeah. Scary. Oh man, it's just meeting, and sometimes it can be like circumstances, or it's just meeting the wrong person, and and that mm. that can make a big difference on your life. You know, it's like um, yeah. So you just got to be very careful on who you give your, you know, your um yourself to sort of thing. Yeah, just Always man. listen to red flags and stuff. I I would say like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, man, I've I've been there, been on that road actually. Yeah, it's painful, isn't it? <laughs> it's well, just like so, sometimes you just ignore the red flags just because you're just. <laughs> <laughs> in a bit of a daze or I suppose like love and other things and other yeah. events you're just like oh that's, that's good yeah <laughs> you only see them in hindsight like oh, okay fuck I actually missed <laughs> you become communist you love everything red man like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're bringing up me like <laughs> yeah bro oh, oh man man 100% yeah it's, it's, it's freaking it's just crazy man um 
Yeah, and then like you know, other things have happened to me too. You know, like you know, fights and stuff. You know, and then alcohol sort of thing. You know, we're talking about brawls and stuff like that. Yeah, like brawls. Yeah. Um, just just drinking too much alcohol. And um, mm. I got sober. Been sober seven years now. And oh, that's a good, good yeah, work, man. Thanks, that's, man. That's a, that's a tough train to ride, man. It's yeah, it's bloody yeah. Because you feel like you're an outcast because you don't drink, but like, and then at the same time, you get like a bit of peace in your mind. Um, mm. And you you know, it's it's always going to be you when you go outside. It's not going to be you know, someone else sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, true, man. Yeah, man, so that's, um, I mean, I've sort of had to get over the, you know, um, alcohol and, uh, you know, go through that sort of thing as well. So <laughs> when you come off alcohol and you always rely on it for social situations, um, yeah. you know, and going into that sort of, you take the plunge and you go, oh my God, this is just me now. Like, you know, it's, that that causes anxiety for me, man. Yeah. Like that used to cause a lot of anxiety for me. <laughs> I, I feel you, bro. Sometimes I feel like, Alcohol is just in my DNA. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like made from English us. and Scottish and stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. And when I have some, it's like, wow, I feel fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel brilliant now. Yeah, yeah. You get the fire, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, with the social situation too, like um, I do experience social anxiety, and if I have yeah. a couple of drinks, it's just like I'm almost like a different person. Like, oh, my yeah. charisma and charms go up. It's, yeah, it's like max to hundred or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what, the, what the hell's going on? And then um, yeah. you, I can get there in sober states as well, but you really got to force it. Yeah, you got to force socializing and then. Afterwards, you get into a bit of a click and a flow, and it's just like, okay, it's possible. But it's harder, isn't it? It's like, um, and you know about social battery as well. When your social battery gets depleted, you just, oh, yeah. it's like, like you were saying, the, the push to socialize. Yeah. It's just like, sometimes you feel like your social battery is just empty, exactly. you know? Yeah, you just, yeah, it's a good, good way of putting it, a social battery. Yeah, it's like, because um, I always feel, because I'm an extra, I'm like, extroverted and uh, introverted, I'm like an ambivert, so yeah, yeah. I love to socialize, but then I need downtime as well, and it's yeah. like, um, it's a bit bit of a weird one for um, you know socialising and stuff, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, man. And the culture too. Um, when I stopped drinking, I stopped drinking seriously. I'm like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. Where do you hang out? Like, where are all the people at? Because there's like clubs, bars, this, that. There's no, yeah. There's not much else, you know. Because I, I will tell you a story. I did go on a um, <laughs> I went on a sober uh, pub crawl with this girl once. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was probably the, the pinnacle of my sobriety. And I just thought this is amazing. You know, I just had a really good night and I was just drinking Red Bulls all night with this, this girl I was really into yeah. and nice. yeah we had a really good night and I was just like shit this is like sort of the power that you can get from the you know, from you know not having you know um, the drink and stuff you know yeah. but then there's times where you know you see loads of friends going on big like holidays and having massive piss ups and then yeah. you know you're not going to get to do Oktoberfest and all these other things and it just that, that can get to you sometimes as well like yeah. That can, man, that can. I'm gonna close that door just quickly. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll edit that out. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of crows and car noises. <laughs> man, we got kookaburras near my house. They just go freaking crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, can, can we go, go back to the relationship you had? How did you actually break it off with that girl? And how well, did that go down? <sighs> it's a bit embarrassing to admit, but like basically I was a complete, I was a husk of a person. That, mm. well, actually, because I know that you lock into, you know, um, you know, philosophy and stuff and also spirituality, but I actually was a hardcore atheist and I had a time where, mm. you know, I wanted to kill myself over it. I was just was yeah. in a bad place and I basically went to jump in front of a car, fell back into some building sand and then I thought I'll go home and try again, you know, try do something something else. Mm. I was ready to die. 
and then I'd lay on the bed and it was just completely like like today, you know, this sort of weather. Gloomy. Gloomy, like there's no sun or anything. And then I just felt, I had no drugs in my system, no alcohol, just really down. And then uh, yeah. I felt all this light come through the room and like hit all my skin. And basically like it was just blinding. And then I had this strength come into me. Right. And basically I was, um, you know, I was able to fight again and, and try and get rid of it to the point where my parents came back over and then I fell into a heap again. Right. And then <laughs> I basically gave the girl free, I gave her a free strike policy. I was like, you know, if you do something that's like controlling or crazy to me, I'm gonna give you free strikes. And I just yeah. got rid of her with the free strike policy. And yeah, yeah and um, but yeah, like I wasn't, I was completely like, you know, scientific, you know, just mm -hmm. um, complete atheist, you know, cause I've been a Catholic most of my life and yeah. we had it drilled into us and it was, I just hated it. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah they sound like forcing Jesus yeah, down like your throat. Jammed into you, like indoctrinated, <laughs> like you will be like a Christian warrior. You're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like mental, man. And uh, it pushes you the other way. Yeah, yeah, it pushes you the other way. And then mm. to have that experience, it like, uh, yeah, it, it changed my life, man. And I, some people have said, do you think it's just because of the depression or the situation you're in? And I just, I don't believe so, you know, because before that, my instinct was to just fall into a heap and I would have yeah. kept them falling. Like that, that wasn't me, that was yeah. something else, I believe. Like <laughs> Something else, yeah, that, that, that doesn't make sense because I work with people with schizophrenia in uh, mental health for quite a bit. Yeah. You know, some people who just were impulsive liars and made up stories and they were, they were harmless. Yeah. But there were some people who would try to attack you and they'd hear whispers and yeah, things voices. like that. And I'm like, whoa, because I've, I've looked into quite a lot of spiritual spiritual stuff and obviously possession and things like that. And I do believe that some people can actually hear yeah. spirits and stuff like that whispering to them. And normally they try to push them away, destructive or in, into suicide. Yeah, it, it's yeah. scary, isn't it? It's just like they uh, leech off their life force, don't they? Like it's yeah. just, um, just just evil entities and stuff. Yeah, I, that, I, I really, really do believe that, as scary as it is. No, I believe it yeah. as well, man, I'm with you. Yeah. Like. And sometimes I've experienced, experienced it myself, like just having thoughts like that. Well, where that thought come from? That's pretty yeah. scary. Yeah, and, it, and is it, it's not your voice. It's like someone else's sort of voice. Yeah, it Can definitely has a bit of a, of a shock factor. It was just like, oh, I thought my come is inclining you to kill yourself or have a, have a yeah. dark thought. Or it's like, well, you really got to separate that and push it away. But yeah, it's just put it like compartmentalize it and just be like, just know what it is for for what it is, you know. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I I had uh, some thoughts in Fremantle. I lived in a house that was 120 years old, and mm. same thing, no drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Just had a really weird experience in there. Like the we had this basement ghost, and he believed that he was still alive. And really, and, basement uh, ghost. Yeah, ghost. Yeah, it was, and the ghost thought it was still human. Or yeah, like? it was still human, and like we we were trespassing in his house. It was like. Crazy man, like what, yeah. what, what kind of what were some of the experiences that were popping? Oh fuck, man, it was like so weird. We had um, I was like, for I fell asleep, uh, I fell asleep, and then I I watched um, someone turn the light on and off. It wasn't like you know falling into a deep sleep. It was like when you're in a, you're just two minutes in. Bit of a daze, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a daze, and I saw this light going on and off like that, and then you know the light and it, it panned to the light there, which was the chandelier, and it was going like this, and then it it completely smashed, twisted around, and smashed against the ceiling. I was like, it was weird. And then a like, chandelier. What? Yeah, it was like this little chandelier, like coming from like, um, you know, these, like a copper pipe and then there was yeah. like a like a little globe on the- like on old it. school. Yeah, light, yeah, like an old school light, yeah. And it like just smashed against the ceiling, man. And I woke up with glass all over me and I was going, what the fuck, you know? And we said to an electrician, yeah. we were like, you know, how, 
how could this happen? He said, you would have needed a 20 foot ladder and you would have to swung off this chandelier to do this damage because, you know, high ceilings in the old houses. Yeah, really hit it up there. Yeah, just like really nice, like smashed it, man. It was just wow, crazy. And then I had voices in my head that weren't mine and they were just saying to me like, you know, you need to leave this place or you need to hurt your family. And the weirdest thing was I never had anything like in my life before. Wow. When we left the place, all stopped. It was just like, and we know the woman that owns the property. She's mm -hmm. a family friend, you know, and, uh, yeah, she, she, um, she's had like people stay there that had all this misfortune, like they've divorced each other, they've, um, oh, wow. families have split apart, you know, all sorts and domestic violence and just really bad, bad things, man. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Hey? Yeah, it's just like what you were going, you're saying about, man, it's just, it, I definitely believe it, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, well, I just went down south of Denmark, I see this lady who's, um, she's a medium and like a energetic healer. And I just, I love talking to her and hearing her stories. Yeah, yeah. She's really grounded and down to earth and she was in real estate. Oh yeah. She was trying to sell this property and it just wouldn't sell no matter what. And she she wasn't on the path of like mediumship just yet, but she had that really deep intuition. And she's yeah. like, she went and chatted to the owners like, hey, look, one of you are holding onto this property. That's why it's not selling energetically. You've got to let go. It's like, who's, who's doing it? And husband's like, I don't know. And the wife's like, look guilty. She's like, oh, it's me. I have an issue with Shit. selling it. And they had a chat about it. And she's like, well, what about the old lady who the old lady who, who lives in there, the yeah. ghost. And the husband's like, what? <laughs> and, and then the wife was like, oh yeah, yeah, the old lady, I, I, sometimes I follow her and she walks through the walls and Shit. she used to live here and Man. they full on, full on talk. So yeah. they actually needed, needed um, the wife needed to let go energetically, but also let go of the old woman as well, who yeah. they, she had a bond with. God. And then um, after that, they had that chat, they did a little meditation thing or the wife did what she had to do yeah. and the house sold next week. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? It's just, it's just insane, like little things that pop up. It's the power of the energy as well, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. like um, with the living and the dead, you know, you've got to mm. decide, you know, you've got to protect your energy and you've got to give it to the right people because yeah. um, it is scary, like how people mm. um, can either energize you or completely deplete you, isn't it? Like it's, um, yeah. it's definitely something that you've got to be aware of, like I think. Mm. It's not just mental health, it's also like spiritual health. Yeah, spiritual health as well. There's not much, um, you can't really just learn about spiritual no. health like you, you're not going to get taught that at all you have to read books and you're sort of gambling as well with whose advice you're taking yeah on, on that you know? <laughs> you're just like oh what is this you know and it's like um i think um i was something i was telling you about um in ai we have this thing called the hole in the soul mm -hmm. and they say you know how we like we, we feel like we should have everything we should have the car the woman the, mm -hmm. the house we should have like the bank account and then there have been people in AA when I was there that were like, I had all these things and I was empty and then we, we were taught that it's a hole in the soul, there's something that's missing inside us and yeah. we try and fill that with like, you know, material, materialistic things, you know, like, and then it doesn't feel the, the unhappiness inside us. Yeah. And, and it's only through like understanding ourselves and, and also just being true to ourselves that we can feel whole, you know, and, and just pursue yeah. what, you know, we want, we want to pursue and because people, you know, society, they say, well, you should want the nine to five, you should want the children, you should want the, one you should want the white picket fence. And yeah. they think they want everyone to fit in this box. And, you know, not everyone does, you know, because yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want that myself. And yeah. I mean, I think it's really cool what some people do, but, mm. um, you know, society wants, he doesn't want you to live the life that you want to live if it deviates from their idea of a perfect life, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. My, one of my biggest struggles is approaching 30. It's like, okay, yeah. I don't have that career. I don't have that wife. Yeah. I don't have the kids or the house. And I'm just like, 
do I actually want those things? Because yeah. I looked, looked at getting mortgages before, and I'm just like, man, 30-year mortgage, yeah. time made it this job. I'm like, yeah, every two, three years, I change my career quite rapidly. So. Yeah, it's just like and scary. Yeah, some of my friends who have kids as well, and, and, a, and a mortgage is sort of like, it kind of holds them down, where they yeah. have, their options get less and less and less, unless they have a huge amount more money to sustain that. I'm like, well, that's you're jumping on that hamster wheel. Yeah, it is, and you can't get out, can you? You're just sort of trapped, no way. Yeah. It's a tough one, hey, it's a tough one, so... Um, You've got to like weigh it up and you know, just, yeah. just think, um, you know, what you really want. Because for me, I'd love to travel the world, you know, and just... Because mm. um, I'm trying to learn day trading at the moment. I want to just nice. day trade and travel the world, you know, just um, mm. be like one of those um, nomads, you know, di- they call them digital nomads. There's nomads, loads yeah. of writers or... Beautiful, yeah. You know, people that do like things just around the world. And I, I just yeah. think for me personally, that would be like amazing. But like, I think there's other people as well, like... Mm. You know, like you've said as well, man, like you've got some dreams too and a lot yeah. of other people do and it's like annoying that we just sort of look down upon if we think differently sort of thing, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of kind of scary actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean, hey, and I, I love that digital lifestyle as well. Like I was thinking of doing things like content creation and writing and yeah, I'd love to do day trading as well, but I've tried day trading with a foreign exchange, um, with crypto. So the markets are so volatile, it's like, how the hell do you yeah, stay ahead with that? It's scary, man. And like, yeah. I'm going to spend like a good 12 months trying to learn it, you know, backwards yeah. and forwards, because I've been burnt by it before, man. It's yeah. just um, scary. Just don't leverage trade. <laughs> yeah, oh man. <laughs> That's the worst, man. <laughs> I've heard some people who have done leveraging and they've made like $500,000 in a couple of weeks and then lost it all. <laughs> yeah. So how the hell did you cash out? You know? Yeah, you just feel physically sick. You're like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. next level. But, um, <laughs> Back, back into the alcohol yeah. and ad- addictions and that sort of stuff. Um, we're using alcohol as a, a mechanism of coping. Yeah. With the health, so you're feeling down. That, that's just out, just down all the time, you know, man. Because um, whatever happened with that girl I first dated, she gave me PTSD and mm. I just couldn't, man, I couldn't accept it. I, like, I just wasn't ready. I was just yeah. like inside myself, I felt so, um, you know, unstable. So I just mm. used to drink to her. Uh, yeah. I used to say to myself, I'm young, you know, because I drink like heavily from like 18 to like 24, 25. Same. Yeah, same <laughs> as you, man, yeah. Oh, hard, man. Yeah. Like 18, it was just... Just go all out, don't you? Like, yeah, yeah. Just pickle yourself. You're just yeah. like... <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I got to a point where... Uh, yeah, I did a top shelf challenge. So, you, you, you know, do you know what that is? It's like is that top shelf entertainment. Yeah, yeah, you go like, you drink everything from like the bar, like all, oh, all on the bar. Like, I'd, oh, damn. You spent $600 on, on that with my friend and uh, yeah, blacked out. And then I just just, just, just destroyed an office, man. Oh, <laughs> it wow. was really random, man. I was just woke up. I thought I was in the game Fallout, you know. I thought oh, really? I was so hammered that I thought I was in this game. And I, I just broke into an office thinking that I was getting supplies to survive the apocalypse. Oh, holy shit. And just like, <laughs> taking shit. And yeah, shit. just taking stuff. And I just smashed my way through. And I just was ransacked the place. And then I came to my senses and I was going, shit. And I had blood down my, my arms. And I'm going, oh, shit. And I just like, basically lay down, put yeah. my arms behind my back and then waited to get arrested and then they arrested me. I got 10 grand uh, fine Fuck. and then um, I got an 18 month suspended sentence but it was like the best thing that happened to me because he, I, I used to drink alone mm-hmm. at night uh, in, in the club. I used to drink like 14 beers and I drink the 16th beer or the 15th beer and I go, fuck, why can't I stop, you know? Yeah. I just wasn't happy anymore. Like the night was winding down. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gone home with like whoever they're going to go home with. I'm sitting there alone and I'm just like, I just can't fucking stop this, you know? And yeah. and in my head, you know, when I was in the back of the paddy wagon, I was going, thank God, you know, it's just like, I can't stop. So now, now someone else is going to stop for me. You know, it was like yeah. 
a bit of a bittersweet moment for me and, and that probably sounds mental but it's just like no that makes sense yeah it's yeah. uh it's just been released from it you know it's just mm. like um because yeah it was it was a it was a burden i couldn't i couldn't handle anymore you know um, wow well, what do you what do you think happens when people drink to that level where they do blackout and do something crazy like oh uh, it's taken over there is that just like a sub personality or just yeah so intoxicated you just you just want to just whatever's inside needs to be expressed. Yeah, look, it was, it was like that because I, I had a big argument with my dad before um, my birthday and on that night. Mm. It was really bad and really toxic and explosive and then that, that sort of came out of the night, you know, and um, like it was like anger. It was like an anger. I had like loads of anger released. I had, I had a sort of a panic attack and it was like rolled into the alcohol. Yeah. So it was like an anger, panic, just rage episode and it was just yeah. freaky, man. But it's like, like you said, it was like all that being released. Yeah. So it, it isn't released you know, um, in a healthy way, yeah, in a healthy way, yeah, yeah. Healthy way, yeah. <laughs> it just gets like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. erupts everywhere, man. Like, and you just, yeah, you just left with that, and it's, uh, it's quite, um, it's quite confronting, you know. And mm. when I was getting sober, it feels like someone poured petrol over your brain and lit the match, and that's what it oh, feels wow. like for twelve months. <laughs> with for twelve months, yeah. Like for me, it was like twelve months because I didn't go to AA. Um, mm. I wasn't getting the support. Because um, they always say with addiction, they said the opposite of addiction is connection, you know, like seeing other people. True, yeah. And I didn't have the other people to see, you know, because I was just drying out basically. And yeah. I went to AA and that sort of like mm. pretty saved my life, you know, in, in that respect. Eh? Wow. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't go anymore, but I, it, it served its purpose when I was going, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. So you were drinking every day? Like it was really depressing, man, because I was um, with another girl and I was just with the wrong girl, you know, and I was yeah. just drinking at home alone and I was thinking why isn't she here with me and it was because like we weren't meant to be but I wasn't admitting to that yeah. and then I'd, just, I'd drink like the money used for groceries you know like I'd drink all the oh yeah like it's fucking mad I used to sit in the dark at home just drinking beer and it was like after like shift at Vodafone in the city Vodafone in the city that'll do it to you bro. yeah there's too much darkness there man yeah <laughs> Bro, when I worked at Vodafone in the city, it was fucking terrible. Yeah, you just like it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? You get all the crazy people and yeah, bro, you're just getting on the train. It's like, holy, fuck, <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. is this my life now? Like, you know, it's just like fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the worst feeling, and it when you're like shit. And I, yeah, I just drink at home. I was like, oh, this is alright. I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, sampling the beers. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like Randy Marsh, where he like tries to convince himself he's not an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. me, man, who's just like, oh, it's cultural, and I'm doing this. You know? <laughs> You can do that. It's funny how the brain can justify. Yeah, he just justifies like the worst things that you're doing, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't remember Jordan Peterson was talking about alcoholism. It's like it creates this sub personality that yeah. will do anything for a drink, any rationalization, any justification, any any thought pattern oh, at all. Yeah, will man. Create to get to get you to that. And the other thing is, if you get medical help, like my sister was an alcoholic. Um, yeah. After a third child, she just had a drinking and drinking and couldn't stop. We started yeah. out with a couple of wines, and it was every wines every day. Then right. it was gin, and it was just like out of control and they kept it a secret from everybody in the family so the husband didn't say anything he was just in denial Shit. and she was just like don't tell anyone and then yeah yeah to the point where she was like losing it like, yeah like you go crazy man don't you yeah. it's like you legitimately like start losing your mind like she, she was like walking up and down the street like knocking on the neighbor's windows and like just fuck. fully lost and she she thought there were like vines growing in the house fuck. And, stuff, and i was like what the, I didn't know Alcohol would do that. Yeah, it's... But it's, I think it's like the prolonged use. Oh, yeah, man. It's like crazy because we... I mean, I'm not going to name names, but in AI, we had people that said like, they'd go out... Like, I was lucky because I was caught doing something bad outside. Yeah. There's people that don't get caught and they go for this period of just going out, making a nuisance of themselves. Yeah. And they stay home and they start becoming paranoid. 
and it gets mm. to the point where they get all the alcohol they need at home and then eventually they'll just like lie in bed and get paranoid and then wet the bed like and that's yeah that's at the, the 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 most extreme end of it you know they just get to that point where they're just racked in paranoia and anxiety yeah. and it and does the opposite of what it should, you know. That's true. And this, these days you can get Uber Eats to deliver you alcohol as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's illegal, but you put in the comments, so bring a bottle of this and I'll cash you up and they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll do that. Like, yeah, and it's like Jimmy Brings and all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And there was another one where she went to the doctors about it. And the doctors were like, well, look, alcohol, being an alcoholic is like a disease. Yeah. It's the same as cancer or heart disease and that sort of stuff. That's what, that's what they say to her, yeah. saying that you cannot help but drink. And I think that gives her the perfect justification not to drink. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that human beings have the power to put the bottle away and never take it again. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, but the doctors sort of take that power away from you saying, no, you can't help it. It's almost like you have cancer. And I'm like, she was saying this to me, my sister was yeah. telling me this. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I can understand it's like a disease and all this sort of stuff, but like people get sober every day. Yeah, of course, man. And it's like, we, we have the power, you know, to, to do that because I mean, I've been out of AA for two years now for yeah. just, uh, just didn't, I didn't agree with some of the people there anymore, but like I've, my, you know, I've been sober two years without the program now, and I, mm. you know, I'm still doing pretty good. I mean, I'll smoke weed once or twice here and there, but I'm not. Yeah. I've tried to kick that a little bit, but it's like I'm not drinking like alcohol because I'll, yeah. I'll never drink it again in, in my yeah. life. I don't think because I know what I get. I know what I turn into. You know, like um, mm. and it's like, that switch, doesn't it? Yeah, and, it, and it's like what your sister said as well. It's like they they teach you. Um, they they try and teach you like that you're you're useless and mm. you know you can't do it on your own. But it's quite empowering when you realize you can do it on your own sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still talk to some people from AA and stuff, and yeah. but I, I just have to remember that night, you know, um, mm -hmm. and that's enough for me. That's like a, a motivator for me, like, yeah. stay sober, like. <laughs> yeah, true, man, true. And did I, I didn't tell you guys, but like, um, basically you have to do this thing in AA, and um, did you ever see a program called My Name Is L? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that show. Yeah, yeah, how cool was it, man? You got the list and stuff. Like it goes around the list. We have we have to do that in AA. We have to basically or like make up for all the things you've done wrong. Yeah, like I basically cool. did did that for like um, about two years. Amazing. Apologised to my ex, you know, because I put her for a lot of um, sort of bad shit, you know, when I was yeah. drinking, and then uh, yeah, so that was that was difficult, quite confronting as well. But yeah. you know, you you do these things, and like you you don't you don't realise even just. For average people as well that have addiction yeah. and realize the amount of um, guilt you carry around with yourself it weighs your soul down you know and it's like when yeah. you can actually atone for what you've done um, it's good and then on the reverse as well we do something called an inventory list where we write down all the resentments we have towards people mm. that we hold on deep inside ourselves you know like um, that first girl I had probably five pages of resentments then my oh, wow, yeah. dad I had like seven and mm. you just seeing it all right in front of you you're like wow like and you can actually look at it and you work through it and uh yeah man you, you get like a bit of you, you know you free free your energy back again because yeah. i was talking to an, another kid and he was talking about how your connections with people and situations and the past is like ropes of energy going out into into them yeah. and that energy siphoned away and when you can actually make peace with that you actually regain some of your energy back um cool. yeah and you sort of like pull that cord out that's yeah like depleting you or yeah, you put it out and, and from what's depleting you basically and it's like um, some things take a long time to, you know, be unstuck, I think. Mm, that's true. Yeah, man. It's it's really hard. Sometimes you've got to hash the same thing over like a hundred times. Mm, yeah. It keeps coming back like in a cycle, hey? Yeah, it's just it's just sometimes the worst feeling, isn't it? Like it's uh, when that happens like <laughs> Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but that's cool though. I mean the journaling is very powerful to externalise everything. Yeah, just just to like bring it all onto onto your paper and then you mm. can actually it's more physical then, isn't it? It's like you can accept it 
Because I yeah. think when it's in, in our heads, we can, you know, like, you know, do min mental gymnastics over it and we can True. ignore it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the early stages of you getting, getting sober as well, what were some of the tools that you used or the thoughts that you had to sort of not go back into the drinking? Yeah, because, like, I just kept on thinking about in the people at hurt, you know, because I, yeah. uh, I think there was one night where I headbutted my cousin, you know, and because and, uh, he was talking about this girl that was, like, my ex, and I headbutted him. Yeah. And then he punched me and he broke my lip. And then oh, I went back to my friends where he was and we saw each other and just laughed. And my friends were like, what the fuck? And it's just because our family's alcoholic, you know, that was normal. But yeah, it's like yeah, fair enough. everyone else was like, who normal people are like, what the fuck are these guys? <laughs> That's like the real like English. English, uh, yeah. Good, you know what I mean? Like, English, Irish, just like, yeah. you know, just m messing with each other, you know, just <laughs> punching each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, but I'm not, that's the weird thing, man. I'm, I'm quite a gentle person. I'm, I'm, mm. People call me a gentle giant. I'm yeah. not a violent person. And mm. But when I'm drinking, I'm just violent, you know, and I'm just yeah. not, I'm just not me, you know, like, and mm. uh, that's why I don't like it. But some of the, the tools, I'd think about the night, um, yeah. I'd think about the people I'd let down. I'd think about some terrible things I did when I was, like, drunk, you know. I'd, yeah. I'd fight people. I'd, I'd say horrible things, you know. I'd, mm. I'd, I'd, um, I'd wake up with people and go, what the fuck have I done, you know, like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that girl was, um, that first girlfriend I had was cheating on me, so I basically went out. I, I drank about 20 points mm. and in the back of my head I was subconsciously wanting to cheat on her and I didn't realise at the time but I basically just did mm. and then she called me up and I was with this other girl so I just answered the phone and yeah, I let her hear everything that I was doing mm. and um, at the time I thought it was brilliant but then as I reflected on it I just thought it was bad and I was stuck yeah. and then I had to eventually call her up two years later and apologise for that and then yeah. I was unstuck then, but you know stuff like that. I just think about yeah. how I'm not me. You know, like I'm not, I'm not present, yeah. and it, it's like I'm just sort of checking out from life. You know, mm. and it's difficult. <laughs> Amazing, man. I mean, the fact that you've come through this whole whole journey. You know, because when I saw my sister struggling with alcohol, alcoholism, and there was no way she was going back. Yeah, you know, bottle of gin a night. I remember going to see her when she got a divorce. She was staying in the Como oh, apartments there. Yeah, I knock on the door. She'll answer the door and her face would be like just puffy and fucked up because um, yeah. right off the door she got up and then she would fall over because she was so drunk. Yeah, just bash her head. Door, yeah, and it was just like, oh God, like what? This like just it's horrible, isn't it? It is. Yeah, but me and my sister, my other sister, we we always use humor to cover everything. Yeah, like yeah. Stand up comedy and that sort of stuff. So like, we were like making jokes at the time. I was like, this is fucked. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 but that funny experience. You're like just having a laugh, but you're like, fuck, this is mental. Yeah. I, I, I get mental. <laughs> I do the same as you, man. Just yeah. cover stuff with humor, like, because it's, it's just know. hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, um, it's either going to be a complete and utter, like, depression, or it's going to, you know, throw a few laughs and then, like, hey, look, this, uh, yeah, this such is life, you know, like. Because you've got to laugh messy. at yourself sometimes, you know, because I, I have to, I'm just, yeah. a, you just laugh at yourself sometimes. It, like, makes you better, like. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, man. I always like to laugh at what they call the ego or, like, whatever else coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take it too seriously, right? No, but, um, but brilliant work for your sister. Did she, did she get sober as well? Uh, no, she didn't, man. Well, this is kind of, kind of a sad story. She was drinking yeah. a lot because she ended up getting ulcers in her stomach. Oh, fuck, man. And um, she passed away in 2020. Oh, so. I'm so sorry about that, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry about your loss, yeah. man. I, uh, I appreciate that, man. It's all good. Because I, um, I had friends in the program that I lost mm -hmm. as well for, for the yeah. same reasons. Like, and it's... It is, man. It's 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 uh, it is like a disease, man. It's like yeah. um, you know, there's there's some of us that that um, aren't aren't as lucky, you know. And I, I just um, I do feel feel for those people too, because 
what I, I think I look at them though and sometimes I think at least you tried you know because yeah. there's so many people that just mm. drink themselves into oblivion and they don't yeah. try like once yeah. at least sometimes through the program I've seen people mm. that have been able to get a glimmer of like something you know they've been able to yeah. see um, they've been able to see something else you know just mm. even just for a time man like I can't explain to you when you get sober like yeah. how good it is just to just to see just clearly just even for like a week or so Mm. That in itself, man, um, it's it's a, it's a gift, and yeah. I think your sister got that gift too. That was able to yeah. see, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, she did. Rehab's quite funny here in Perth because she checked into rehab um, like three or four times, and she just checked herself out, checked in, checked out, yeah, in, checked out, and it was always, oh, they didn't do this right, they didn't do this right, all these different things. But at the end of the day, she's justifying it. Yeah. At one point, she checked checked into rehab. Two days later, checked herself out. Yeah, it's like, there should be some. I mean, you don't want to lock people in there, but there needs to be something sort of like, hey, yeah. look, you can't just leave after two days. Like, yeah, you can't just leave after two days. You've got to yeah. be there for like, you know, to, to, to come clean and stuff, isn't it? Like, and exactly. And I think also it's, um, it's the connection side of things, you know, because sometimes, mm. you know, like I'm spiritual now, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm religious, but like even sometimes the IF program could be quite confronting to people that are spiritual yeah. like we are. It's like mm. some people aren't religious and that, that puts people on, on the, the, the defense. It's very Christian based, isn't it? Yeah, it's very like, you know, if you don't fit in the box sort of thing, you know, you're out. Yeah. But there's one called uh, Smart Meetings and they're like, yeah. they, you know, use people like that, are, you know, like yourself, man, like men, with mental health yeah. and addiction counselors. They oh, cool. are all in like a, a meeting together and they sort of help people, mm. um, you know, and, and, that, and I think that's an alternative as well. Cause I think that's where, you know, some addicts fall for the gaps. Yeah. It's just having like, you've already got rehab or you've got like the alternative. Mm. And I think, you know, sometimes like, I've had friends like your sister as well, like there's sometimes yeah. there's no, you know, there's no good like fit. Mm. And when you don't fit in either camp, it's just like shit. And then you just think, well, I'm just going to go back to what I used to do because this yeah. is like, it's like when you become sober and there's no outlet to help you, it's like you just feel like you've lost your identity. True. And that's, yeah. that's sometimes why a lot of my friends went back, you know, because like, mm -hmm. I've lost my friends and I mean, they're not really friends to begin with, but like... Yeah, yeah I know what you mean, there's people to hang out with and yeah. drink with or whatever. Yeah, they don't really care about you, like they wouldn't yeah. try and do something for you or anything like that if you were really going through stuff or they'll, mm -hmm. they'll like disappear if you're going through stuff. True. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's... I mean, I, I, I can imagine that's part of the reason f mm. for your sister as well. And I think yeah. why it's, it's a massive thing why we need to have something mm. that's different, you know, to... Yeah. You know, like an, an alter, a third alternative, I think, is, mm. is really what we need. That's true, man. Do you, do you have any ideas of like a third alternative, or do you have sort of an? Yeah. Must have some kind of a picture of what would be. Yeah, man. Because I think smart meetings are good in that respect because it's yeah. just like, I think they're, they're good in another respect. They just talk about the present, but I think, mm. you know, if if you had something you could talk about your story and, you you know, everyone's supported. You can be friends and stuff, and then mm. like you just meet and then you support each other. I mean, that's good. Yeah. You don't have to have steps or anything like that. You just just do some of the things, like accept your wrongs, make amends, mm. and then I think that's it. And just don't like you know really hammer in like the whole God thing because I I do believe in a higher power. Yeah, I believe in spiritualism, but there's some people like they're agnostic that don't, and it puts them. Just the word God can be. People can be like, oh, PTSD from yeah, like a church or something. Yeah, like Catholic. <coughs> so because we, I mean, they say it can be anything. It could be like this, the universe, the, the sky, and yeah. And that's cool, but then like some of the ways they go on it, like it, it, mm. you lose that sort of like disarming thing. Then you, you got your uh, you know your defenses back up again. True, hey, it's um, quite funny because I, I do believe in um, 
in God. Yeah, not, I do not, as well. Not, like, not like a man in the sky, obviously, but yeah, yeah. like the source consciousness of yeah. everyone that connects everything, you know? I'm, I'm the same too. I, I believe yeah. in like the higher power I do. Like it's yeah. like God, um, mm. just not religion, I wouldn't say. Yeah, this, the, the rules and traditions of religion are just a little bit, oh, there's too rigid and... Just backwards, man. It's just like... A bit corrupted as well, so yeah. Yeah, it's just like... Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's what a lot of people think as well when they go in, they're like, oh shit, you know? And, it, and like mm. you were saying as well, it's just like the bad stigma you get from it. Yeah. So I think sometimes that's it. Um, and yeah, man, I think... It is lonely, like, cause I, you go from having like twenty friends, yeah. to like, you know, I've I had mates from high school, you know, like mm. chatting to them for ten years, drinking, having a laugh, we do things together, and like you have this massive drop off of people. It's like mm. you lose eighty percent of like your friends wow. getting sober, like I believe, um, cause yeah, they don't like the person you are anymore. <laughs> like that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. Back in the day when I was like clubbing every weekend, drinking a lot, you have a lot of friends. Yeah. They're not really real friends, you just see them when you're on the piss. So yeah, they're just false at there, there's just like they're someone. Just there, yeah. Just there, yeah. <laughs> someone to waste some time with, any. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, 100%, man. I remember this one time I was at a nightclub, pre 2013, and um, I took this pill that my mates, my mates got me. Yeah. But I think it was laced with some, some kind of strange hallucinogenic. Shit. Whatever it was, so I took it, yeah. and everything sort of just really tripped out, tripped <laughs> yeah. out really bad. And like I was hearing Fuck. voices in my head, and like Shit, man. the club would just disappear. I'd lose all my vision, and then Shit. it would just come back into vision. And then, whoa! But luckily, this voice in my head wasn't like a negative voice in my head. It was like it was positive. It was positive in a sense, but it was sort of it would just be like it would just be reminding you, what are you really doing here? Yeah. Like, what do you really want out of life? Is this really what you want to do? Like, and, if, and it was like. Just analyze this man in front of you. This there was a guy drinking at the bar, and it was I was just like, okay, I think this guy's kind of like lost where he's all of his spare time is spent in this club, yeah, just to fill up a space that's an empty void within his soul, yeah. And I was just really breaking it down, and then the voice in my head is like, well, okay, first of all, that guy is you, yeah, and you're living that experience and you're what you just described, Shit. and I was like, what, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're like, fuck, yeah, yeah, and it's I was, like, I was like, who the fuck is this voice? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> That's like, like spiritual, man. Like you've had like a spiritual experience, I think, on that. Yeah. So it was very scary at the same at the same time because the feeling I was feeling was a very strong feeling of unease, as if I was going crazy. Yeah. Like you just like, but the, it's like the worst thing because you've been confronted with like yeah. your life, isn't it? And, and like mm. that's what I find when you when you really look at yourself, uh, and and it's the same for other people. If mm. if you try and help someone and or you try and change them, that they'll defend to the death their like worldview because it's like survival mechanism. Yeah. And when we challenge something that's wrong in us or we could change and we could have mm. something better, we, we hit back with the same thing. You know, it's like this survival mechanism kicks in and we just desperately don't want to change. And yeah. it's like this resistance, you know, and I, mm. I, I yeah, I've noticed that, and that's what the freak out is. And it's just like, you know, fuck, you know, it's like- Yeah, well, it's almost like you need to break down before you can build back up again. Yeah, yeah, it's like you just knock yeah. it all down, man. And then, because with myself personally, a lot of friends as well, when um, you get into a sort of an argument or a discussion, yeah, they start defending their position and they're just arguing to, to win. Yeah, to win, but they're yeah. actually looking for the truth. Exactly. And then sometimes when you prove them wrong, they're like, oh yeah, that actually, that does make sense. I was like, why were you arguing so hard yeah. when, you, when you weren't believing in it? But they can't answer that question because it's just, it's automatic. Yeah, it's like... And it's, it's just like, what are we talking for anyway? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I completely know what you mean, man, with that. Like, oh, when, excuse me. You know, you're trying to, uh, I've met people that just argue just, just to be right and they're just, just oh, they're the worst sort of people. And it's just like. Yeah, it's frustrating because you get stuck in a loop. You're just like, oh God. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, man, oh. it's just like crazy. But, um, but yeah, I think me and you both had like, um, you know, sort of like spiritual experiences. Like yeah. we have those times where you've got to 
look at yourself really hard and then you, you try and change something about yourself. Mm. And then um, I think a lot of people, like, you know, our, our parents probably, they probably, I mean, not all, but like most won't look at themselves, they're scared to death to yeah. work on themselves, you know, and they'll just blame it on our generation being weak or they'll blame it on mm. something, you know, and they'll, they'll try and minimize it, but deep True. down they struggle, like, and I think they, this is yeah, what they do. they do, man. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've um, witnessed it yourself, but they, they're, they're scared. They're scared of psychologists. They're scared of like oh, yeah. mental health. You know, they're just like that, you know, with yeah. anything to do with it, you know. And it's I, I remember actually, I'll share a story with you. Uh, my granddad, about 80 now, and um, his son, which is my uncle, got a new girlfriend who was a, a clinical psychologist. Oh, a nice. Very good one. Yeah. And they'll come over for dinners and stuff like that. And like, she was there and I would love chatting with her, you know, because it's awesome. Yeah. But the granddad was like scared of her. He was like, I'm like <laughs> oh, how do we, what do we think of her? And he's just like, all right. <laughs> Because I don't want her. I don't want her to psychoanalyze me. And he was. I had this fear of her. So like he would deliberately avoid her. And um, yeah. she's like, I'm not a fucking psychic. I'm not gonna like just break you down. Like, yeah. but I could just see like this fear. I'm like, what is on? Like, what is like that on? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny, actually. Very hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they, they get freaked out. They're like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, what are you hiding? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you, you're having that reaction, you know there's something dark inside of you that oh. you're just not willing to look at. You don't want anyone else to see. Yeah, it's like freaky, man. It's like, <laughs> and man, it's so true. Cause like even my parents, it was weird. Cause like I was talking to them one time and they were like, we're the first generation to tell our children we love them. I'm like, what? You know, it's like their generation was the first cause their parents never did it for them. And it's wow. like, it's weird to see the progression throughout the ages, how like, you know, I mean, I was driving here and I was just thinking, like, it's really cool how we're all looking into mental health because hopefully, yeah. you know, we'll have a better society, you know, and people will be happier and stuff. And, yeah. you know, because then, we'd, like you were saying, man, we'd, we don't have to suffer in silence and it's not mm. going to be, like, a weakness to admit that you've got, like, mental health problems. It's just like, oh, okay. And it's just like an everyday sort of thing instead of, mm. I mean, I'm not sure about yourself, um, if someone finds out you've got anxiety and stuff, but sometimes people look at you differently and they'll treat yeah. you differently too. And, I think it's still because it's got like a stigma, but True. I just think that's that's sort of wrong, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've always um, I know that I experience anxiety, um, but I, I would never label anyone as having or owning depression or anxiety. Oh, of course, in, yeah. In a way, because I feel like once you identify with it and then you have a belief that you have it and it's yeah. like something inbuilt in you, but um, I definitely experience it, and I can, depending on how I or, or ordain my life, I can limit it, reduce it, and all that, all that kind of stuff. Well, oh, of feel course. It at all. Like I would have like a moment where I'm with certain people and I would feel a huge amount of social anxiety and just feel off. Yeah, just like. Then same amount of people with a different crew and I feel amazing. Yeah, it's like. Cause it's just like, okay, what's that about? Because they're your people and it's like the yeah. people that you, you feel good with and it's like the people that get you. And, and yeah. Because I think sometimes it, it's quite hard, isn't it, to find the right people to, mm. to, to hang out with and stuff. And then um, when you meet the people that are like-minded, man, it's like, yeah. it's like the best feeling, you know. It's, um, it's true, yeah. Because it's like that whole thing where they say, the, you know, if you, um, your growth in life is based on the five people you spend the most time with, isn't it? It's like, um, and I always try and think about that too. It's like, mm. um, I try and just hang out with some people that are good, like, like yourself, man, because yeah. like, you, you know, you can see that and you can mm. see like, the, you know, the more um, spiritual side of things too. And, and you can, yeah. you're, ask, you're not afraid to ask the questions, which is brilliant, man. And I, um, I think that's really good, you know, because there's yeah. too many people that are, are just too scared to do things in their life. They don't know ambition. They don't want to work on themselves. It's like yeah. they just want to be in that box. And to me, that's just like, that's worse than a death sentence for me. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a death sentence, essentially. I think, Yeah. I was talking to my friend about this, actually. He was 
going through a tough time, but it's almost like you just begin to flatline. Yeah. You're not super negative or yeah. you want to kill yourself, right? but you're not really joyous and happy either. So you're just on this plane of, the <laughs> yeah. of no man's land where you're existing. Yeah, the comfort zone where it's just like you just have your, you just work your minimum job. You might just come home and watch Netflix all day and yeah. eat snacks. And it's just like, that's it. And like, wow, that's, that is a death sentence. It's like your comfort yeah. zone. Is, it, it is like it can it can um, it can actually like strangle you, can't it? Because I yeah. was reading um, like I've read like you know um, you've said about Jordan Peterson, but I, I watched one called um, Coach Corey Wayne sometimes, and he okay. talks about dating and and life sometimes. But he right. also talks on um, was it your your comfort zone? He said like if if you don't constantly keep pushing out your comfort zone, it shrinks. So like what once you're comfortable with one day, like the next you could like. I mean, like after months, you could lose that ground. You know, it's like a battle zone, really. It's like you've got to keep pushing the boundary of, of, yeah. of, of what you're taking, because if you're not, you're, you know, the, the best form of attack is defense. Uh, is the best form of defense is attack. Cause True, yeah, Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai, <laughs> <do you>? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, man, that's what I keep thinking, you know, you, you've got to find a way to push your comfort zone and, and grow, you know? Mm. All um, the time, yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes it's hard, though, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, man, I remember. I wanted to do stand-up comedy for so long, like yeah. three years, and I was just like, just for whatever reason, I was justified, oh, I need to do that, you need to do any of these things, and it's just justifying not doing it. Yeah. Until the point where you, you go to bed, and, and then you're just thinking to yourself, like, fuck did I do today for, yeah. for, for myself? Like, I just was cowering in my comfort zone, and it's a, yeah. terrible, it's a horrible feeling where you get that, but then when I finally did it, you go home that night, sit in bed, and like, okay, I'm actually proud Up of myself. It. For, for pushing that line or pushing that comfort zone out a little bit further. Yeah, and you grow as a person as well, man. Like, it's, yeah. it's brilliant you can do that because, like, mm. um, you know, you just get to the point where something's so scary and you just try it and then, like, it just, it just makes you, man. Like, you just, yeah. like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of went on a journey sort of similar because I was, <laughs> was pretty crap with women, you know. I just basically mm. was um, just in relationships. I never used to be able to date and then I mm. learned how to date properly and mm. I just, I did push that comfort zone as well and I, um, yeah. You know, I'd experienced that late 20s sort of thing, you know, because the drink, I didn't date for about four years after I got sober, so yeah. I got into that. And like, like you, man, I was mm. sort of freaked out about it so much. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. And, mm. you know, girls not going to like me and stuff. And then, yeah. you know, I had a bit of success with that and it was really good, man. And I learned a bit about myself. And yeah. But yeah, like, like you, man, with you stand up, it's like, if you don't chase it, you just sit in bed at night going, what, what have I done, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. That's, that's the same thing with women as well. I remember going on um, dates this sober and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, you freak out, don't you? Yeah. anxiety, I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> yeah. this? You're like, shit. I'm not, not used to it at all, because like, normally when you meet women, you go to a bar or you go to a club and it's just like, it's no fucking problem. Yeah, it's no problem, you're just drinking it. Yeah, yeah it's not a problem, but then doing it fully sober, it's like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like, I really wonder what the hell that is. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, yeah. It's just getting comfortable with ourselves and it's like, fuck. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I've done it, man. I've, I was talking to one girl the day, and I was like stuttering every second word. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you know, just gonna like get those cobwebs out. Yeah, you just a few test runs with different women. Just, just, yeah, you just just to clean the machine a bit, and yeah, it's just yeah. like <laughs> it's um. And I think one girl said to me, and like sometimes I, you know, when I get anxiety, I sort of fret a bit, and I go, "Oh shit, this is gonna be my life." And mm. and then this one girl from AA said something to me. She goes, "I remember seeing her. She was like a bag of nerves all the time, and then worse than me." Um, mm and I did feel for her. And then yeah. I kept seeing her come back to the meeting. And then over time, she just was really confident and was like the center of attention and was chatting to everyone and wow. having a good laugh. And before she was in the corner, not talking much. And I said, you know, I said, what happened? You know, and, and I was really happy for her, but mm. you know, you seem really different. She goes, I think it's just like 
trial by experience, you know, she's like, it's like exposure therapy. She's like, the more yeah. you do something, the, the less daunting it gets, the more, you know, it's, it's like with the comfort zone. I mean, the more yeah. you keep going out into the enemy territory, the more you're gonna, you get used to it sort of thing. And yeah, you open and up. yeah and eventually it's your territory then. It's like, you True, know, yeah. you, you just like, this is ours now, like this is our turf, you know, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, man, I um, that that's sort of what I was noticing about that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. hey man, it's a beautiful, beautiful yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah, it's like because mm. yeah, it's um, but yeah, man, like it's it is difficult though because uh, like I was saying to you, man, as well, it's it's about you know some some things that we do um, they cause us a lot of shame, you know, like um, and sometimes they'll, they'll stay with us for a long time, and and sometimes yeah. we ask why, you know, why we've done this and why. Was this happened to me, you know, and uh, mm. and sometimes I, I used to think like I was like a curse or something, or like it, I, I was just sort it was just superstitious. Yeah, yeah, I've been there as well. Yeah, have you been there? Can't be blind, it's cursed. Yeah, you're cursed. One of these ancestors did something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did something with a goat or something, you know, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the pissed got off or something, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> you just feel like there's this bloody curse over you, like a black cloud or something, don't you? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then, um, I don't know, I just got to thinking that. I, I think it makes you stronger in the end, but like it's, mm. it becomes armor in a way, you know, because I, you know, I didn't tell you this, man, but like I'm not sure. I mean, after, after I turn the cameras off, I'll tell you about names and stuff, but okay. like I was in the uh, city store and I watched a girl get punched in the stomach um, by a guy she was working with. And um, the guy, you're all staff. All staff, man. Holy crap. And she was tiny. She was like half the size of us. And then. This is it, High Street? High Street, yeah. Shit, that's what I was. Yeah, oh, I think it was, was it Murray? Murray Street it I was. I worked both, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you probably would have. That's insane. You'll probably know the people actually when I tell you, but like, um, yeah man, she was punching the stomach. I reported it to the manager, and then um, there was three other guys there. None of the guys voiced, you know, like actually talked up about what happened wow. to the girl, and I was the only one. And like, it looked like I was making up rumors, but I, I stuck to my guns, and then the guy realized it was me. And then uh, he called me out for it, and I says, "Yeah, it was me. You know, you shouldn't be hitting the women." Yeah. And then this guy was as passive aggressive as fuck with me, man. I thought he was gonna fight me or something, you know. And it's just like passive aggression. Yeah, like it's just the worst, man. And uh, I was just like, "Shit!" And then, you know, he was abusive. I think he was on meth or something, and like he, he cut him out eventually. It was selling iPhones for meth, so and he got fired. Oh really? I think I know who this is. Yeah, you know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, no, man. yeah, man. And then. Um, but yeah, I mean that that the worst thing was I put myself out there and I got PTSD from this. Um, and you know I thought I was doing the right thing. And then like one of my other mates came to me and was like, "Man, this girl, they, these two are dating, you know, basically." And uh, she gets off to the fact that this guy can beat people up. And I was just like, "Fuck," you know. So I'd put myself out, and then I had to I literally had to move stores after this because I couldn't work there because my anxiety was for the roof. That's for the better. Yeah, it's it's for the better, man. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like. Uh, but yeah, some things we do, like, it's like the old saying, you know, um, the, uh, you know, it's, it's like, the, you know, the path to hell is paved with good intentions, it was like that. Some things we do, we think we're doing the right thing and it, it comes back in our faces and we just wonder why. Yeah, I reckon you were doing the right thing from the get-go. You reckon, yeah? 100%. I yeah, think it's enough for all of those people. If a man punches another woman, that's not on. I don't yeah. care whether she has some weird fetish for it. You're in a workplace. Of course. That's an example for the other people. Yeah. And um, she obviously had some shit she needs to figure out, and so does he. Yeah. It's trauma bonding. But one day she'll wake up and be like, fuck, that he was the only guy that actually gave a fuck yeah, that's about me. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think, going back to my, I gotta, 
I believe there's a thing like called harmony, like resonance, like, like, like we're all just different vibrations and tunes yeah. to create a song. And you were just resonating differently to those people. Maybe yeah. at a high note. And you had to move stores anyway because they're bringing you down. Yeah. They're, they're triggering your anxiety. And when there's harmony amongst people, there is no anxiety. Yeah, it's just so like... You, maybe there's people that you're surrounded with are causing the anxiety in you. Because I, I did see that as, as well. Did you see them, the swing? I mean, one of the guys, because he used to buy... I'm not sure if you've heard of tensors. They're like copper. It's something to do with copper and stuff, but it's something to do with frequencies. They were telling okay. me about it. They said the human body like emits a frequency of like 2.6 gigahertz or something. Okay. And it, we, we was going into sort of that, but like yeah. more of a scientific way of like yeah. looking at the spiritualism of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, it's, it's, I definitely believe it. There's, mm. We're all on different wavelengths and we're in frequencies and yeah. you've got to find people you resonate with. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, you man. feel the disharmony straight away. Yeah. And it, and it like hurt it, I don't know, like it sort of takes away from you. You, you sort of le leeches your energy, doesn't it? Like Definitely, man. It throws you out of balance. Especially, I mean, I, I struggled a lot um, working in retail. I just had to shut everything down and just numb it out. Yeah. And that's why I was a lot very angry. So I would just go to Vodafone and I'd hate my fucking life. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, when there's a good team, I loved it. When there's yeah. a bad team, I just, I just hated the job in general. Yeah. And I'd go, like I'd go to the gym and just punish myself and just lift yeah. as heavy as I could. Uh, pre-workouts, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then on the weekend, I would just get absolutely... Just wrecked. I'd drink a lot. Yeah. yeah I'd drink a lot. I had like a, a really cool crew of like this different men and women. We'd just all get drunk together and it just, it was a way of bonding and releasing yeah. all the shit. And then when that was taken off the table, it's like, well, now I really gotta figure something else out to you know, how to enjoy my life, you know, so. Yeah, and do, I'm not sure if you're the same, but do you find like sometimes it's hard to get the same rush that you used to get like... Oh, yeah. From that time. <laughs> it was getting dangerous for me because I was just like drinking um, 18, 19, 20, 21. Then 22 came around and I started, I got introduced to pills. Shit. Yeah. Because I had like a lot of different friends at this, at this point in time and half my friends that I knew from the gym were selling drugs and all the friends at, at work, they wanted drugs. <laughs> Shit. So I was the guy trying to like to sort everybody out. Yeah, the middleman sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is yeah. dangerous. And then yeah. other drugs get involved and it's just like, I got to stop. Yeah, it, it just messes you up, doesn't it, man? It's alcohol wasn't enough. I wanted the pill, I wanted the coke, like I wanted something else. I would never, I didn't touch meth, thankfully, or ice. It was always, my rule was just like, alcohol, pills, coke, like that's it. Yeah, that's sort some of stuff. Some weed as well. Maybe some pharmaceuticals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me, man, I, I did the same as well. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, oh man, it's just crazy. Like, nangs and stuff, you know, doing yeah, nangs. And then like, yeah. like someone knew a pharmacist and we just went to get this like, an, an, experimental antidepressant that had been released oh, yet. Really? And we took some of that and then it was just fucking crazy. And then, um, yeah, but then <laughs> it was crazy. It's just mental, man. We had Prozac once and I, oh, really? that was, uh, that was fucked, man. I was like, yeah, like, yeah. but like loads of pharmaceuticals and stuff. And it's just like, it's scary, isn't it? And then yeah. I think we had, my, uh, I went to the UK when I was 18 and my, one of my mates, a girlfriend, she put like speed in a tequila shot and I didn't, none of us knew. Speed, eh, yeah. <laughs> but like, we were just pinging all night, man. It was just, wow. <laughs> just mental. Um, it's crazy how these drugs affect you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just scary, isn't it? And it's like, you think, mm. thank God we did it when we were younger, not, yeah. not now, because we'd be fucked. <laughs> I remember when I was 19 or maybe 19 or 20, I had, um, Future Music Festival, had a lot of drinks, had some pills. Yeah. Next day, went to work. <laughs> you just like, it's just like normal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, how the hell could I, these, these days, I need like two days to recover, man. Just I to was, recover from it. It's yeah. like, oh man, I, I used to, I was working at Karen up in Vodafone and I was like, I remember having this really bad bender and I was just mm. drinking really cheap alcohol yeah. all night. Oh. And then uh, I'm coming to work with my uniform on and I signed up a contract and I was like, wait there, and I just ran to the toilet and vomited, came back. <laughs> Customer was like, you got a bit of vomit there. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. 
you know, shit like that. It's just like Dude, that was Vodafone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the worst. Yeah, like fucking. Oh man. And then like for some weird reason, I had like some in my hair. I didn't notice. And oh, then really? I, I was really bad, man. I, you're probably the first person I've told, but I basically got a comb and just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it didn't look too bad. But I was yeah. Fucking vomit in my hair. I was like, oh my god, this is terrible, man. Dude, Vodafone was. Mental, Lord, man. Like I went into the storeroom once at Vodafone, and they were all like having a conversation. They're like, "Do you know that dirty feeling you get when you have meth?" And there was like five of them. You know, when you just don't, you, can't, you have like ten showers and you don't feel like clean. <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, man." So like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Some crazy stories to be had. Man. Oh, man. It was, oh man, so funny. But I remember going into work one day at Hay Street and. Um, <laughs> After a huge bender, but one of the guys took off and he was talking about he linked up with a prostitute in Crown and this prostitute's like having sex with him while eating a burger and he's eating a burger. And she's like, You don't mind me? He's like, No, I like. And then I think he got, he got, um, he got chlamydia or something. Oh, the fuck? What's the one where you kiss pus? Like, oh my goodness. Tell me what's the one. Oh, um, shit. He told me about, about that. I was like, holy shit, man, that's disgusting. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, yeah, that's, that's Vodafone, man. That's <laughs> Vodafone life, man. God, man, it was mental, man. When it, like, some, of the, some of the things like some of the people did. But it makes you wonder. I think that's the only way we survived. Like, I think we all just hated our jobs. Yeah, we hated it. So we just, alcohol and drugs was like the way of like, just like, yeah. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Man, and I, I had a criminal record like when I started voting for like, public urination, public drinking, like fraud, and then uh, fraud. Yeah, fr- I lied to a cop about my name. What? <laughs> like, drug. You for fraud for that? Yeah. It was just like, wow. It's like fuck, man. Um, That's not real fraud. I mean, yeah, it's just like I was just scared, man. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, they hired me, man. They were like, "Yep, we need that guy." Oh really? <laughs> the Vodafone was like, "Yep, bring him in." That sort of people. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, well, like. Some of the managers there were like endorsing fraud. Like, oh, but yeah. You got your KPIs, you gotta hit them. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, remember when um, you go on, uh, Siebel goes down, yeah. and you can't do credit checks? Yeah, yeah. So I would tell my customers, like, hey, look, no credit checks today. <laughs> no credit checks today, and everything's approved. Yeah, I remember telling this, this group of people that came in, they looked pretty dodgy. And they were getting prepaid, I'm like, guys, just letting you know, <laughs> we have no credit checks today. And they were just like, really? And I was like, yeah. Sort them all up the phone. I phone can it when it's like, yeah, yeah. Throwing them out. But um, what was funny was when we came off four back, I did some critics anyway, just for these people. Yeah. They were all approved anyway. Fuck. They just assumed that they weren't, they didn't have good credit, but they did. And she did. Yeah, I think they just categorized themselves. So it's like lucky, like. Yeah. So lucky. Oh, oh when we were like international students, I used to be like, uh, don't have a residence, okay? That's the uh, eight Fitzgerald Street backpackers, you know, like. Yeah. Is it too hot for you, man? Oh, oh yeah, thanks, yeah, man. Sorry, bro. Yeah, um, yeah. So they're residents with yeah. backpackers, or something, you know, like. <laughs> oh, it's pretty mental, man. Crazy times. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man, it's um, <laughs> it's, it's funny, man. Like some of. Oh man, it's hectic. I mean, you do have some good times and on the on the some of the stuff and. But it's just not. It's not sustainable. Nah, it's not. You gotta you gotta balance it. If you can't balance it, you just gotta you gotta give it away because it's um. Yeah. You lose so much, you know. Like I, I nearly um, you know, having. You know, the best thing about being sober again was like seeing my family and mm. um, I suppose, you know, making up for lost time. Yeah. Uh, 
and that that was that was good because I you know they never saw me. I was just drunk all the time, you know. Yeah. And one Christmas we I went to my mate's house and we just drank the uh, school vodka and then I came back in the morning just like still drunk and I just oh. about made it for like Christmas, you know. Like <laughs> That's the worst. The worst feeling is waking up and still being drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. go shopping and you're like fucking. <laughs> So I remember my Sunday routine would be like, or Saturday night would be Metro's Freeway or something like that. Yeah. Get up in the morning. Cause you, you end up at Metro's Freeway, you end up at Paramount at 2am, <laughs> doing tequila shots. I'm like, why am I doing tequila? <laughs> and I need to go home in like half an hour. <laughs> I've got work at six. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning, and like, I can feel tequila, like I'll probably yak. And then I, I remember I'd just be like, yeah, I feel pretty good now. Go out for lunch with the, with the friends and then drink again on a Sunday session. <laughs> yeah, that was the... Man, that was the best thing about Australia. As I was like, the yeah. Sunday, when I come the Sunday session, I was like, "Fuck it!" Went, that's the UK, and everyone was like eating Sunday dinner on a Sunday, doing nothing. I'm like, yeah. "Fuck, I want to go back to Australia." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was actually like, "Makes Sundays interesting." Yeah, <laughs> I, I can never wonder why what wanted me to drink so much in the first place. Yeah, I think when I was like 14, 15, 16, watching all these movies, American Pie, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you sort of you're looking forward to 18 as this, oh, this is gonna be amazing. You're yeah. Go out, like, get all these girls, it's gonna be so cool. Like, yeah, and it's like, you do all those things, but it's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the same, is it? Yeah. It's like, you, like, I'm not sure about you, you could probably remember the best party you've ever had, and it's like, once you have a party like that, like, you, it's like chasing the dragon, you never get a party again. Because yeah. you get older, people don't drink as much, and there's not as many parties, and then, mm. yeah, for me, man, it was like that, I was chasing that ideal of the best party, you know, yeah. like, the crazy parties you see at the frat houses in America, and I was like, if I just keep drinking, I can I can achieve that level of, like, epicness. Yeah. And then, uh, never comes, man. <laughs> true, but even when you, if you're drinking and doing drugs, and also you get to go and you have sex or whatever like yeah. that, it's just like, it's not... I don't know. I felt so numb. Yeah. Like I just not. I'm not feeling it. This is not a good experience. It's Next just. Day it's like wow. Sex sucks. You know? Yeah. It's really just because you're just so numb with all these different narcotics. This is not. That's not amazing at all. You can't feel it, and I'm not. Sh- I mean, sometimes if you're really attracted to girl, and you know, you both got like, a, like even just dating, it's good. Yeah. But it's just sometimes it's just randoms. You're just like, oh fuck, you know. You'd, yeah. Sometimes you don't feel it. Like it's mm. you know, and it's um, and it is, man. It's a hole in the soul because I um, mm. yeah, I'm not just addicted to you know. Uh, alcohol and drugs and sh- shit, and like I'm, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not scared to say it, but I'm like a fucking really bad sex addict as well. Like I, uh, yeah. you know, you get, you get blinded. I mean, sex addicts they they lose the ability to have um, intimacy, and it's yeah. like, like you were saying with the with the sex as well. Like you get to a point, even sometimes it's like good when you it's it's single and casual, but they, when you're in a relationship and you actually want to make a connection, yeah, um, you destroy it all just because of your addictions. Mm. Um, and I think that's it, man. It's like you're having, like, we not just friends, having real friends you can rely on. It's about having, like, a, if you meet someone, it's about having that real connection. And then, True, yeah. um, I mean, it's not just sex, then it's like a connection. And it's like, for me, man, it's like fucking, there's nothing better than that. But, like, it's it's so, I think it's so rare in these sort of days. <laughs> it is kind of rare. I remember yeah. when I sort of fell in love for the first time, I was like 22. Yeah. But I had my first proper girlfriend that wasn't. Drug related, alcohol related, even yeah. though I was doing drugs at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I had some really good like times with her, just fully sober. Yeah. She hated the fact that I was do- doing pills on the weekend. Um, but we had an amazing spiritual, emotional connection. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this fucking everything's so amazing. The sex is amazing. The connection's amazing. Yeah. And her presence is amazing. I'm like, I wish I was a fucking virgin. I didn't fuck all those girls before. <laughs> yeah. That was just nothing compared to this. To this, yeah. And it's like, yeah. and nothing, I don't know, man. I'm nothing better than waking up next to someone and actually give a shit about you. It's like, yeah. it's nice, man. Because I'm not sure about yourself. I mean, sometimes I've been used and not been bothered by it. But I mean, there's been times where I've been used and I, I've 
being bothered by it because I yeah. start having feelings for the person, you know, like. Mm. <laughs> hey man, it happens, hey. Yeah, it's just like, fuck man, it's. Um, it hurts, right? Yeah, um, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it's about knowing yourself, I think, in it. Mm. It's just like, and, then, and just not taking anything less than, than mm. the best for yourself, you know. True. And some, that's a lonely path, but it's, mm. I think it's, it's worthwhile one taking sometimes. It, it, is, it is a lonely path, actually. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've struggled with that for ages, with not willing to settle or go back or whatever. Yeah. Just, you're in this middle road, or we think like a test maybe from God or the universe that, yeah. how bad do you want it? But I think that human is capable of having so much pleasure, just whether it's with, with the breath or meditation or just connection or intimacy. Yeah. You can reach these states of ecstasy, sober. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, your capacity to feel pain and the mm -hmm. capacity to feel pleasure is one is one and the same. So we've gone through all this crap, yeah, and you finally get to the, to the light. Like we the experience you had when you said you were filled full of light. I mean, obviously that's God or spirit or something. That's yeah, greater than you helping you at, at this moment. Yeah, like helping you to feel it. And and it's funny you say that as well, man. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's sounds dumb, but like I was walking around one day, um, and just just a random day, and I just remember looking at the trees and feeling the wind on my face, and I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, this is like. Amazing, I just smiled for no reason, nothing good was happening. Mm. It was just that I had that sort of experience, you know, yeah. like, like you were saying, you just appreciate things for what they are, but like you are right, you need to, you do have to go through a lot of pain to get that, but it's, yeah. I think it's people like me and you, we're used to the pain, so going through the pain to get something even better than what most people have is, is like the massive draw for us, I think. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, that to me is, is what, what an awakening is for the Yeah. Pain. Or just like, um, the ecstasy of life when you really become present, like wow, even the wind is amazing, the sun yeah. is amazing, and that, to me, I believe that's that's God, that's the universe, that's yeah. everything coming into alignment. Exactly, and it's beautiful, especially meeting many people who've experienced the same thing to talk to. Like I've got a few friends now that are quite spiritual, or not even don't say spiritual, just awake, to awake the, to the greater life. It's so good to have the connection with these people. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you. You know, it's so because sometimes I'm quite, um, you know, I can't talk about it with a lot of people because. You know, some people are just like, oh, yeah, no, they, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. Oh, you know, you're not scientific, but it's like, I just, yeah. that was funny because I would just say to them, like, if you look at some of the best scientists, you know, that they, they were like, you know, they were all like just scientists and then they became religious, uh, they became spiritual. Yeah. Because they study the world around them and they go, shit, there's like, there's something more to this than they. 100%. Yeah. I had this guy on the podcast talking about mathematics and he's like, at the bottom of mathematics, at the bottom of quantum physics, like, yeah. you find God. Yeah. Or like, not man in the sky, but like you find a, a grand higher power yeah, that like you just can't explain. Intelligent design and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's like Albert Einstein, Nikola Tesla. I mean, I'm pretty sure Isaac Newton, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's like I'm throwing his name in as well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they, they find something that's great. I mean, yeah. quantum physicist, I can't remember his damn name now, but he's like, there is only one mind in the universe. Yeah, that's and it. We're all drawing upon that mind with an individual experience, which is Fuck. like wrapped in ego, which the ego is not a bad thing in my opinion. No, it's not. It's, it's just your conditioning that's, a, that's bad. Yeah, you it's can program like, yourself to be whatever you want. Because you, you can still be like, I mean, I, I struggle with it sometimes as well. Like I, sometimes I'm just way too humble for my own good, you know, and mm. like, to the point where I just put myself down and I, I don't have much confidence and, and I think you have to get, like you said, man, you gotta get the balance in yourself, yeah. yeah. It's not about being arrogant, but you just gotta have some confidence in yourself and- That self-belief, yeah. Yeah, self-belief and stuff and not, not be scared of that. True. Um, but yeah, man, like, like you were saying with the, and I'm not sure, if, have you ever heard of the Fibonacci uh, spiral? The Fibonacci sequence and the spirals, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you see them guys that like study it for ages and go crazy, like just, cause they feel like the, the, it's like the universe, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like that, you know, they're finding God in a it's, equation. It's, it's like, um, 
Where'd that come from? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> we were about to cheat code or something. <laughs> but uh, I feel like, uh, you know the number 23 with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah. He's the number 23 and he goes mad. He goes crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant, I think man. you need to go mad, but all you can just be like, okay, that is a, a synchronicity or that's like a, yeah. a mark of a grand creator. Yeah, it is. It's in everything, because it's in like all the flowers and the plants and everything, even in the human human form. It's like in our, in our fingers, it's just into our arm, into our body. Yeah. That's the same code and the same flower. It's so, it's scary and cool at the same time, isn't it? It's like, fuck, like it's like. It's beautiful, man. Man, I find it so interesting. Like, you know, I just believe, I don't believe science and spiritualism are separate. I think one explains the other, you know, like it's one, you know, what one can lead to the other and give us explanations. And I think you have to have mindsets like ours to really understand further into it you know you can't mm. scientists get like blocked they can't like see past it yeah yeah i think yeah, your beliefs can create like a feeling for you people, yeah some people who would go too hardcore into science but even i think science is the best thing about science is being open-minded to go into quantum physics and let it expand yeah but some people get stuck on of two or three research papers or an, a single-minded idea and it blocks the rest of the rest yeah um but at the same time it could be the system that's sort of made like that like yeah you can't have your own opinion until you reach a phd so you got to go through uh, primary school, high school, yeah. university, then you go to your master's, then you get to your PhD, and then you can have your own ideas yeah. with the PhD. But it's just like, well, you just spent your entire life to 25 being indoctrinated yeah. to not have your own ideas. So how can you all of a sudden think out of the box? Exactly. It's like it's very difficult. Some people do, but most but it, people don't. You're right, man. It's like you just streamlined a long way, and it's like they're yeah. just hoping to God they can indoctrinate you enough to the point where... Like you say, you come out the other end and you're not going to have your own opinions. Like 100%. So I think it's the best thing is to be open-minded. Like I, I like people like Deepak Chopra. When I first was listening to his stuff, I'm like, this guy's a cook. Yeah, yeah. He's just cooked, you know? But now I'm thinking, <laughs> like, maybe he's not. Like, there is a, a greater reality. Like, I love people like Wayne Dwyer. Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah. I know Wayne Dwyer. Wayne Dwyer, Deepak Chopra. Like, they're really out-of-the-box thinkers. Yeah, it's like... But they have such amazing results. Oh, it's, it is amazing, isn't it? Like, you just got to... Mm. You got to think on a different sort of way, you know, because... Mm. You know, it's like doing the same thing. Like, like you know, it's like you, you need to do something different if it's not working. Like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. It's so interesting though. Like, it's interesting how your your mind is like it's powerful and stuff. And it's like how you can if you you have, you know, you tell yourself in your mind about things and you can visualize it, and that you can actually you know realize it sort of thing. Um, yeah. Like I'm starting to realize that myself. Um, you just got to try and visualize your own success and. Manifestation. In manifestations, yeah. yeah. I've, got some, I've got some cool manifestation stories, actually. Oh, nice, man. I had this thing, it was very materialistic, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> all right, man. But, uh, I had some negative <laughs> thoughts about money. Yeah. I, my, my, when I come on, businesses fell apart, friendships fell apart, working in real estate. It, I was making money, but it's, just like, it's not justifiable for seven days a week. Yeah. So whenever I had a negative thought about money, I would imagine myself holding a water for $50 note. Shit, nice. The negative thought, nah, I'm holding a water for $50. Yeah, this is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kept doing that all the time when I was driving. I just like, hold this money in my hand. <laughs> yeah, it's and like, I remember I went to an op shop and I was like trying on jackets and I put my hand in this jacket pocket and I was like, oh, that's weird. Shit. I pulled out $200 in $50 notes. No way. Just in the pocket. This is the I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap, I've got it. That was just like a manifestation thing. But then I got a call like, from um, my dad, I haven't spoken to him in a while, and he was like, I've got, yeah. I need your help, I'm, I'm selling this house, this old house, which is my grandmother's house, there's all this furniture, and this is crap, pretty much, we need to get rid of it, yeah. help me take it to the tip. And I get there, I'm like, this stuff isn't that crap, you know? Yeah. So I listed all of it on Marketplace, <laughs> and then like, all of it sold on that same day. Fuck. 
It was maybe like 700 bucks, 800 bucks. No way. All for a note. <laughs> and then my dad, I was like, oh, dad, yeah, just take it. You know, just your furniture. He's like, actually, no, it's your grandmother's furniture. It's all of ours. And this is junk. You just keep it. Oh, shit. No. I was like, oh, shit. So now I've got like $1,000 cash. Fuck, in, in the hand? In, in my hand. And I was like, that's so, that's crazy. I'm like, tripping out. It's like you've actually like attracted it into your life, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So I'm like, that's manifestation right there. You it's, know? And it's like, um, I heard this guy who was saying. Do it more often. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you should do it. We're like, come on. <laughs> holding this money. Container like this size, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But like, I tell you what, it's it, it, it's so weird, isn't it, when you, you can actually do that. It's like one guy I was, mm. um, I listened to, and he, he says basically what you, what you focus on um, expands. Yeah. And what you look at disappears. So if you if you focus on it, 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 more of it comes into your life. Yeah. And if you uh, you're scared of something, and you look at it and you just see it for what it is, it's like, you know, it's not as scary then sort of thing for you. True. Yeah. 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 Amazing, man. Where do you think um, you were talking about self belief and then not having it causing negative effects? Where do you think self belief comes from? I think it's and um, the consequences of not having it as well. Yeah, I, I think self belief comes from like success. Comes from success, and it also comes from like I think over um, overcoming like obstacles, and yeah. you know, and then coming to breakthroughs and realizations in mm-hmm. in terms of things that have affected you in the past, like things that hurt you and stuff. And yeah. when you overcome that, it's really freeing. You know, it's like a um, a real nice feeling, not one yeah. that you get a lot. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's that it's overcoming things, and it, and it's like success. But I think so it's uh, myself, I've, I've attributed success to other people. You know, yeah. if I if I never sleep with this girl, I'm gonna feel good. Or mm. if I, you know, do X amount of things, I'm gonna feel this. But it's like it's all dependent on something that's outside of me. You know, yeah. I think now it's it's time to sort of develop something that's like it's not dependent on external things. It's an internal thing. You know, it's like a mm. thing you create within. Like you're just happy with you yourself and you accept yourself for who you are. Um, and, and you know, you, you've got a plan in mind. And I think if you can just go through life feeling that inside yourself, there's, there's nothing you can't do. And, mm. and I think sometimes, I think that's something we all like struggle with, you know, it's, it's hard to be a rock on your own sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's, that's the most hardest thing for people, I think. Mm. Um, it's the, to just have this, this core um, sustainability from within. True, yeah, because I've, I've had the, the low self-belief or had like false self-belief from like <laughs> drugs, alcohol, and like status and stuff like that. Yeah. But really, but really in actuality, would you come back down, you're doing a job or you're doing this thing, you're, you're overcommitting yourself? Yeah. Saying yes to everyone, not saying no, and it burns you out. And you realize, oh, oh shit, like I've really got to say no, otherwise I'm <laughs> gonna suffer. Then you start valuing your energy. Yeah. That took me a very long time to do, because I'd always, people please, I'm like, why am I <laughs> Yeah, what like this? Is it just catering to people's egos in yeah. childhood or? Anyway, oh man, I'm I'm the same as you, man. Like I'm exactly the same. It's 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 mm. scary, isn't it? Like people pleasing because it's like it's so like ingrained in us. Like you know, it's like mm. from from a young age, yeah, and yeah. to to it like feels like you're ripping part of yourself out to try and get rid of it. True. Well, it, uh, yeah, it feels like that. Well, I would live a lot of my life with my parents growing up. Whether you don't want them to get angry or you don't want to get punished, or yeah. you go to school and you don't want to get detention. And I remember um, certain things in school, like you just want to do something else or you get in trouble, and your parents don't ask you what happened, they just back the teacher. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden, okay, I'm in serious danger here. I've got to sort of please the teacher, I've got to please my parents. Yeah. Then I have friends that, they would mistreat you because you're pleasing your friends. Yeah. 
And it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, what am I doing? And it's like, and I'm not sure because I've felt this myself because I was doing all this, like what you've been doing. Mm. And then I got to the conclusion, oh, I must be broken or something. I must be like defective because, yeah. uh, you know, I keep doing the wrong thing for everyone and I'm trying my best. But mm. like my, ex I can't live up to their expectations and what they want. And then, and then instead of like building, you know, me and you, instead of building the foundation from ourselves, mm. we're building this foundation for ourselves from other people. Yeah. And it's always like a moving foundation as well when you're True. a people pleaser. Oh, it's terrible, man. Oh, it's, it's frustrating, man. <laughs> I'm, um, I've, I've got through a lot of it. I'm still dealing with a little bit of it, but it's like I've got through most of it, you know. It's, mm. um, yeah, some, some stuff still pops up for me, but, um, you know, um, yeah, it's still something I'm still working on. But, yeah. like, I think f I'm able to, like, say no and yes, which is, like, huge, man, because, like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you probably remember yourself. It's it's difficult to to put them boundaries in sometimes. Hundred percent, man. Yeah. But I can I can do that now. Like I can say yes to things I want to do and no, and That's I, don't, awesome. I don't feel too bad, you know. <laughs> before. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because you know what the, the the cost is. Yeah, um, and then before with me and you, we'd just be like, if we say no, like, oh fuck, you feel like there's an feel earthquake. Guilty. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like this. all that conditioning. Yeah, it's just like scary, man. It's it is. Yeah. It's really scary what like what it does to you and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and no, I think, I mean, I'm, you know, just because just it's a mental health thing, I mean, I could talk to you guys a bit more about the PTSD as well, because oh, yeah. I had PTSD from that girl. Yeah, how that works. Or yeah, because basically, for me, I got PTSD from the, the girl I dated, and then yeah. there was the um, incident where I was like, you know, basically, there was a few fights and stuff that caused it. Yeah. Um, the thing at Vodafone messed me up a bit, you know, just like, yeah. give me PTSD, like, just, it was just all um, added on top of each other, and it became... Yeah what's called complex PTSD. Okay. So, um, you know, PTSD, you get the hypervigilance, you get scared, um, you want to like protect yourself or the people you love um, yeah. or you feel scared a lot. And then I felt like that. And then, yeah, it just manifests and you can't get rid of it sometimes. Are these like thoughts of protect protecting people? Like yeah, brain? like you're just worried that people you care about are going to get killed or you, you're worried that like, you know, you can't protect people and, you oh, know. I get that a lot, man. Do you, do you get that That's too? Weird at recently just have like a just making some new friends and different people hanging out with them it's like and my thoughts might skip to like someone confronting us or them getting into a fight i mean yeah to defend myself even have dreams of me like just like really hurting people yeah it's like, i'm like what am i doing like, yeah what am i doing it's like, i don't need to protect everyone like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense it's but, like um, we we can't you know it's like we we can't be um we can't be everywhere at once but it, yeah. yeah man i i it's fucking it's scary isn't it it's just like you just want to be there to like protect people mm. um, and you feel like you blame yourself when, when something happens to someone and like you're not there. Yeah. So that's PTSD? Yeah, it's like a bit of PTSD, man. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. man, like, but like, it's not, not a bad thing at all. It's like, it's good yeah. that when you realise that you, when you got it, you know, and mm. sometimes it, it gets triggered by loads, like there's like loads of myths and it says, oh, you have to be in the army to have PTSD and it's not, it's just you have to yeah. have like an, a, a really traumatic event, you know, happens here. Mm. And if you have multiple on top of each other, it becomes complex PTSD. And the complex PTSD, you just got to like, you've got to deal with each block at, at yeah. once. You got to deal with each thing. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I struggle with it, and I get aggressive and angry, and I try and do weights and stuff, and yeah. you know, and then I'd um, I, I try and keep doing weights and, and and just being angry all the time. And then I got to a point where I, I was really desperate, and basically this. There was this article about a guy that went, uh, one of the veterans from World War II. He was came back from the war and he was like, you know, completely head fucked for 15 years. And yeah. he went when he was 20. He pretty went when he was 18, came back when he was 20. And then like he was 35 in the 60s or something. Wow. And then he just had enough. And he just basically did magic mushrooms for the first time. And then like, 
it was really weird because he described it as like, um, you know, he was able to deal with his problems with the PTSD, but he was able to, he's like having a stabiliser, like, you know, he wasn't, nice. he wasn't actually like in, in dread or anything like that. He actually was able to process the, 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 the PTSD in, in, in a really healthy sort of way and he was wow. able to cry, but it, it, it opened him up completely and it, and it stopped him like self-imploding. Wow, uh, beautiful, eh? Yeah, man, I, I thought that too. I was like, man, that's so, so cool. And like, you know, it's just amazing that someone could have that. And then I I, I just took the plunge and tried tried it myself, you know, because yeah. I was just I'm, I was just at, at the end of my rope, you know, I just yeah, wanted to. Something. Yeah, you just, you need to do something, can you? Because it's like, I'm not sure about you, man, but like I've been dealing with this since 18, you know, I've just had mm. this, uh, I didn't know I had PTSD for a long time, you know, and. Um, yeah, I was just, just, just wrecking my head, you know, giving me loads of anxiety, um, mm. making me feel out of control. Um, and then I basically took the, the magic mushrooms and yeah, and I was able to just come to terms with some of the, the horrible things I've done to people and mm. some of uh, the things I didn't drinking. I was able to forgive yeah. myself, you know, because I constantly beat myself up for things I've done wrong in the past or yeah. for people I haven't protected. Um, mm. And things, things that happened to them was that was bad, you know. Um, so you were able, you were able to forgive yourself. Yeah, you were able to like forgive yourself, and wow. like it's not completely cured, but it, I tell you what, it's, it's reduced it a lot, you know. And it's like I'd, it's probably, it's quite heavy. Like it's a heavy thing to do. Like mm. you know, you'll be out of sorts for about a month after. You'll be a bit like, Whoa. yeah, yeah. But it's um, yeah, man. It's it's a fucking. It's a really good experience. It's, it's fun as well. Like <laughs> yeah, awesome. How many grams did you take, and how was oh. the setting and the environment like? I, I did um, three point five grams my first oh, time. Pretty good. It was, it was loads like um, mm. and then I had this water um, lamp, and it would like change color. Oh, like a lava lamp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, you've seen them steam ones, and it like. No, I haven't seen those. It's like a steam lamp, and it like changes color. So there was this like cool. steam coming out. It was like blue, and I was. Just like watching it go, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's mental, man. Yeah, that's, I've done mushrooms before, actually. Yeah. Did you enjoy them, like? Really, yeah, really, really well. I, well, I mixed mushrooms and weed once, and that didn't. I didn't really enjoy. I enjoyed it, but it was just a bit too much. Yeah, it's like too intense. It was too intense. I was like, well, I'm gonna stop. Yeah. But I just done um, the shrooms by themselves, and that was yeah. really beautiful. Like I remember, I normally go a, ha a house down south, Bunbury, whatever. We do mushrooms with like a few friends. Oh, nice. So watching the sunset. And I'm looking at the sunset, like the, the rays of light through the clouds, and I was seeing like these faces, like I'd see the Buddha in wow. the clouds, and I'd see like Jesus with his arms like that, and then That's I would so see cool. like angels open their wings, and then I'd just Fuck. see the fractal patterns of the light and the sun, just like, doo -doo 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 -doo. and then just wow. like the feeling in my heart was this pure peace and bliss, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know? <laughs> it's like just insane. It's just like yeah. just amazing to feel, isn't it? Like, um, mm. um, and you, and you actually feel like you're so small, but then you're so like significant all all at once. Yeah, like. It's, it's it's just you feel the paradox because you you definitely feel like there's something greater to you, but then you feel like you're just a, you're just a part of every of, yeah. of, of it all like this feeling of oneness of oneness and yeah love is yeah over, overpowering and you don't feel like disconnected or or, mm. or left out do you it's like you just feel everything's happening right here now yeah yeah it's like and and you feel there's a way forward in a way like mm. you can see the path yeah um I think that's what. Yeah, it's it's that's that's it's just amazing, isn't it, man? Like when you beautiful, though. you get to see see that and experience it, especially out, out in nature and stuff as well. It's like mm. um, just something like brilliant. <laughs> like oh yeah, man, it's absolutely beautiful. Did you go out in nature when you did yours, or were you just? Oh, the first day I like did it, and then I then I cried for about an hour, and then I mm. the second day I just did it for a bit of fun. You know, I just yeah. took them 
Um, I took another 3.5 and I went to Scarborough and I was swimming up and down. You were swimming? Yeah, I was swimming like on oh, the wow. beach. and then I, Beautiful. I was so off my head though, I thought it was Lapras, the Pokemon. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I was like swimming up and down, but it was it was amazing, man. They're like, yeah. I, walked, I walked through the Trig Bush Reserve and it was just yeah. like amazing, man. Like all the colors were popping and- Beautiful. Um, yeah, man, and, and I just saw the, the waves and stuff and I just felt really connected to all of it, you know. That's beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Very brave to swim on the swim as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like breaststroking, man. Wow. <laughs> like, it was just stupid, man. I was like, it took me three hours to get from one end of the beach to the other. <laughs> That would have been really nice though, man, yeah, wow. Yeah, man, it was like so cool. And then I bumped into this guy and he was like, you know, why are you so happy for? And he was like, you know, 50 or something. Yeah. He goes, I'll just have some shrooms. He goes, fuck, you're so lucky. I can't get them anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shit, awesome. man. Yeah. There's different kinds of shrooms. It's like, um, they call them penis envy. Yeah. Like, I don't know who chose that name. Yeah, penis envy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like really introverted. You feel like in touch, but I had other ones. I don't know what they were called, but. I had to go out somewhere and do something. Like yeah. Doing my mate's house, we're like, let's go for a walk. And we're just like <laughs> yeah. walking through the neighborhood, like in, in hoodies, like <laughs> looking how dodgy, but we're just like so excited about love and like yeah. the life. And like, we'll, there was this, there's this guy, he lives on the corner of my friend's house. He renovates his house every every year. Like yeah. he just does some new, new modification. <laughs> and we're just looking at his house and really just admiring his new modification. We were thinking about his thought processes and like, why yeah. he has to keep on changing the external all the time? Yeah, like what, why is he like? Why is he actually done yeah, this? Like, like, what is he trying to satisfy? Like, what, what is he trying to do? Like, you know? Yeah, what's his like vision sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, this is amazing. The different types of like how one can make you want to sit and meditate. Other ones make you want to go out and explore the world. Yeah, like just the ones just want to like you know you just want to get up and like try and do something in it. But yeah. um, the meditation ones are mm. really interesting as well. You know, because yeah. you get to this. Um, you do get to a level, don't you, inside yourself that you you, you can't usually see when you're sober. Like you can't. Yeah see that um, the deepness inside yourself and you can't and sometimes there's all these walls in, in front of something that's so powerful that you can't deal with yeah. when you're sober and then when when you do the mushrooms you actually drop some of the walls and you can actually approach it yeah and you don't get completely destroyed approaching it and trying to deal with it mm. it's almost like you just get soaked in like this love feeling that you can just approach everything yeah exactly have you heard of bob ross no, I haven't actually. So there was a guy who fought in the Vietnam War. Oh, Bob Ross, the, yeah, the painter. The painter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had extreme PTSD yeah. from the war, and then he started taking mushrooms and helping himself in this regard, and now he's like the most peaceful man. He does the paintings. Yeah, he's like just like, just paints the name. Like, yeah. Man, it's How so incredible. It's so cool, though, and it's like, um, I think that's about what, what it is as well. And, um, you know, PTSD, you get anger as well. Like, you get this, like, sort of anger that you know you feel you've been wronged or your family has been wronged or someone you mm. care about has been wronged and then that sort of resonates out and I used to see anger as like this um, you know friend like I could use it to protect myself or people around me yeah. um, but then I started to see it as a serpent you know it's just like it was just you know feeding off my life force and stuff and then uh, mm. you know I went, I went to see a psychologist and they were basically like you know you, you got to react to things you can't uh, you know, if you react to things you just explode and you're out of control, but if you respond yeah. to things, you take 10 seconds just to think about it, and then you respond, and then it's like, it's a lot better. Um, yeah. But that, that was something for me that I found really hard for a long time, you know, just mm. was just explosive all the time and really angry. Yeah, um, yeah and I find that's what PTSD did, but um, yeah, once, once you, like you said, you, you get yeah. to that deep level, it's, it's really good, man. Like you can, you can yeah. sort of see things what they are. Definitely. So you almost realize that that anger is always there, waiting to get triggered by something. Yeah, it's like whether it, that's from childhood or yeah, from childhood or or some ways you've been hurt and stuff. Mm. Um, I find it's lessened a lot in time, you know, since I've yeah. realized it. But it's uh, it's lessened like a hell of a lot. But I still get 
you know, scared. Um, mm. I still get, I still don't like it, you know, I still don't like the anger. The, um, the anger, yeah. Well, I spoke to this lady on the weekend who actually does teachings of Mary Magdalene. I don't know. Um, but she talked about the, like the first step is the black rose, which this is mainly for women, but this is the yeah. same thing. And the black rose is going into the depth of your shadow where you want to look at like the anger, the resentment, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And feeling it when it comes up and just fully accepting it and allowing it to be there. Yeah. And just owning that part of yourself and loving that part of yourself. And um, over the course of a few months, they begin to dissolve and disappear and okay. whatever, whatever else just by accepting it. Because a lot of times we feel it and we're resisting, resisting it or afraid of it and it just makes it worse. It makes it, it grows, doesn't it? It grows, yeah. Um, but if, at the same time, if you don't look at it and you don't express it and you don't love it or whatever, anything, and then it will come up at a certain time, whether it's a certain trigger or whether alcohol triggers it. Yeah. Or the circumstances will just keep stacking up until, until you something just happens. The and you just express it. Yeah. Well, I, I did it the other day, basically. I just uh, I sent a message to my sister about a boyfriend because I don't really like him that much. But yeah. it was just bad, you know, just like. Oh, really? It was really bad. And then I apologised for it. But it's just, yeah, it's straining the relationship a bit now. But it's like, that's. Oh, really? Sort of stuff anger does to you, you know, like in. Mm. No, I still I can still see her and stuff, but it's just like, um, you know, well, I probably did, did, did he did he trigger you in a certain way, this guy? Or yeah, like he he triggered me, like you know, and it was like how you were saying, like how you just argued to be right, you know, mm. sort of thing. And he does that? Yeah, okay. and like a, you know, he can't accept anyone else's opinion, and you know, he's like has to be right about everything, and it's just like it's just the worst, man. It takes the joy out of conversation. Yeah, I feel like you have to express that. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's a healthy, natural thing to be like, "Hey, look, yeah, this, this is what I feel, and this and this is why." Yeah, it's a very healthy thing to do. Yeah, to to basically say to him, but yeah, it's um, you are right, man. You've got to. Yeah. You, I've, I've I've heard that too. I had a friend um in the UK, going through some really bad personal stuff, and then mm. uh, he's became a Buddhist recently, and that's what he said to me as well. He said that you've got to with these things inside yourself, you've got to just look at them and accept them because. Mm. Like, like you said, man, it's, if you don't, it, it just grows, doesn't it? And it just exactly, yeah. becomes something you can't control, like um, mm. something you never yeah. like, sort of get over, sort of thing. 100%. And you have every right to, to just say it in a, in a healthy way yeah. to him or her or whatever else, because um, at the, at the, sometimes like, people need that truth as well, because he might be, that could affect his work, his relationship, oh, all, yeah. all of his stuff going on in his life. But someone to say, hey, look, have you looked at this? He might yeah. get triggered and offended, but maybe years later, he's like, you know. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was right. You know? Yeah, maybe he was right. Yeah, because that's that's kind of my hope. Because I, I know he's not a bad guy. I just think yeah. he's um I just think he's misguided in that way. You know, he doesn't realise himself. You know, because he mm. he you know he strains a lot of relationships with his family over it as well. And I know that's mm. one of the cases. You know, and no one's no one's been brave enough to tell him. Yeah, that's the Everyone thing. Everyone sort of hides from the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's like eggshells, isn't it? He's like fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that's true. And also with that as well, people can if people are are a little bit crazy or a little bit strong or a little bit over assertive, yeah. people will tiptoe around them. Oh yeah, and it becomes like the the egomaniac king who has all these yes men. <laughs> yeah, who becomes very destructive because he doesn't know. Yeah, and then when someone finally does tell him, he'll just he'll break kill them. Yeah, like, <laughs> he yeah. just kill them like yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? He just like <laughs> go away with him. Dictator, like yeah. yeah. That's actually a really good way of describing it, man. Because it, yeah. it is, you know, and it's like um yeah. I mean, we've nearly had a fight before, and I'm not a violent person, and yeah. and it was just because I was trying to state a different point of view, you know. He, was, he, won't let, he won't have room for your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, which is 
very frustrating because it's almost like dehumanizing in a way where yeah. your opinions are valid because I'm right, you're wrong. Exactly. I'm willing to fight for it. It's just like, well, it's, it's bad. Not a good place to be, right? And man, if I say let's agree to disagree, he sees that as a slight as well. So it's like you can't really find in the middle ground either. You know, you can't find a so happy medium to like. Wow. So you either got to agree with him or you're going to leave. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the sort of. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah. It's like. But yeah, I suppose with mental health, it's like you're dealing with stuff like that, man. And it's, it is difficult to navigate it sometimes, you yeah, know? True, man. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's very, very, uh, very strange, yeah. like weird, man. <laughs> what advice would you give to people who are sort of struggling with addiction or mental health? As in what to do if they're sort of unsure of what step to take? Because that first step can be the hardest step. Yeah, I, I would say like go to an AA meeting um, or, or go to a smart meeting or... Mm. At the very least, there's an app called In the Rooms, and basically you can, um, you know, you can basically get it on your phone. And you can watch meetings, and then oh, wow. get that connection sort of thing, because that that'll give you the basics for for you know your sobriety. Mm-hmm. And then I would stay in something like AA for two years if you can, yeah. or, or you know a smart meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, AA is really good to stay in to begin to begin with. AA is brilliant for like the, yeah. the sobriety. Um, but if you can stay in it and then go to something else like a smart meeting, you, you're doing good. But if you can't get out of bed in the morning, just watch a meeting. Like I, during COVID, I was watching about 10 meetings a day, you know. Oh, awesome. And um, so hearing their stories. Yeah, hearing their stories and, mm. you know, their, their own perspectives and where they went wrong or what they found hard. And, then, yeah. and I find it's funny with sometimes because you feel like you're the craziest person in the room one day you share and then like you're the most normal person and like there's no judgment but it's just like in your own head you sort of, sort of think it you know but yeah i'd say the, the key is connection even if you can't do that just just talk to friends and family you know just talk yeah. to friends and family and, and and try in that respect um yeah. and, and you know if not if failing all else you've you just you've got to go to a meeting like i'll tell you a story i wasn't going to meetings and i was going crazy call it being a dry drunk it's like when you're yeah. You know, you need that connection. You need the connection because without that, you just you're not going to do it. And I was forced to go to the meeting. My mum and dad dropped me to the first meeting, and we'd oh, really? go. And you're going to the meeting, otherwise you're not coming home. And I was yeah. like, okay, because um, my dad's brother was a really bad alcoholic, like violent. Oh really? Uh, yeah. And um, my dad remembers it, so like my dad was zero tolerance for it, and fair enough. And, and he probably say it was like really good, man. But mm. just try and do it on your own if you can. You know, true. Yeah, um, that's why I'd say to people, you know, just just connection is key. Oh, beautiful. Even if it's not anyone that knows about it, but it's, that's that's the start. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Thank you, man. I think we'll end it there. That's a good yeah. hour and a half, man. Thank you very cool, much, man. bro. Cool, man. Thanks, man.